Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Maundy Thursday service uh, tonight. Tonight, in case you don't know, begins uh, the longest service of the entire church year. It starts tonight, it continues with Good Friday tomorrow, and then it, of course, reaches its wonderful conclusion with Easter Sunday. So tonight and Good Friday and Easter are really all one Service And if you come tomorrow night, and I hope that you do, um, you will notice that there won't be any pre-service music. There won't be, be anything sort of leading us into uh, our worship for tomorrow. It will instead, we will just sort of jump right in uh, because it's a continuation of tonight. Um, again, just another reminder of the Holy Week schedule. Uh, you're, you're here at 7, so that's good. Um, and then tomorrow night is at 7.30 so that we can take advantage of the um, outside light getting hopefully darker. And then Easter, uh, sunrise is at 6.30. Uh, the breakfast over uh, um, in the fellowship hall with the youth is at 7.30. And then the acon is at 9.15. Right now they're saying no rain. 
So keep praying for that. Uh, if it does rain, we will be in the gym. Now, the location of the egg hunt has changed from what I think I've been mentioning previously. Instead of having it on the church side of the road, we're going to have it in the back of the, of the school. The reason why we did that is because we, we thought um, hopefully that will kind of, um, hopefully that will encourage some more people to come for the breakfast. And then from the breakfast, you can just go right over to the egg, egg hunt there. And that's at 9.15 with worship then beginning at 10 o'clock. And um, uh, it promises to be a wonderful one. The choir's got a, a wonderful ensemble for us. Um, and, uh, of course, a lot of our favorite Easter hymns, too. So uh, I hope to see all of you for all three uh, services. So let's open tonight with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. And Lord, as we um, begin this service with this Thursday, as we contemplate your mandate, Lord, that we would love one another. Uh, Lord, not a request by you, not a, um, uh, not anything but, Lord, but a command to love one another. And so we pray that we would be able to do that. We also ask that as we contemplate your last supper with your disciples, that you would help us to, um, to be renewed in our faith and in our spirits. Um, just that, Lord, that when you said that this is my body and this is my blood, that, that Lord, you meant it when you said that, that the bread is your body, that the wine is your holy and very precious blood. Lord, that promise that you gave with it, that it is for the forgiveness of our sins, and so we are very thankful for that. And now, Lord, we ask that you would be with us tonight. Send your spirit as we worship you this Thursday evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come. He entered once for all into the holy places. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant.
O Lord, in this wondrous sacrament, you have left us as a remembrance of your passion. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, it is our intention to receive the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, in which he strengthens our faith by giving us his body to eat and his blood to drink. It is the meal of the new covenant. Therefore, it is proper that we diligently examine ourselves. But when we do, we find nothing in us but sin and death from which we are incapable of delivering ourselves. Therefore, our Lord Jesus Christ has had mercy on us and by his sacrifice for us took upon himself our sin and the punishment we deserve. By his death, he offers us full and free forgiveness. Let us then confess our sins to our Heavenly Father, imploring him for the sake of his Son, Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. O Almighty God, merciful Father, Just as deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. Sorry for them. God be merciful to you and strengthen your faith. Do you believe that the forgiveness I speak is not my forgiveness but God's? Yes. Let it be done for you as you believe. As the ashes were a personal sign of contrition at the beginning of this Lenten journey, so individual absolution physically conveys that your own sins are forgiven. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this evening comes from Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head and its legs and its inner parts. And you, you, shall not, you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. This is the word of our Lord. The epistle is from the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The semi also he took the cup after supper, saying, 
This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, then, and so eat the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, as some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 14th chapter. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples said to him, And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready, there prepared for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful, and to say to him, one after another, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this evening from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
Imagine a person walking in front of the White House, seeking access to the President of the United States. Better yet, imagine that person is you. There you are in fine form. Your shoes are shined, your hair is combed, and you are dressed in your Sunday best. You want an audience with the Commander-in-Chief because there are some burning issues you want to take up with him. First, there is the problem of a new highway. It doesn't have an exit ramp close enough to your home. And then there's the issue of income taxes. They're too high for you and too low for everyone else. Finally, there is that sticky matter called student loans. Couldn't the president make a few phone calls and get you off the hook? Let's be honest, though. There are far too many barriers between you and the president of the United States. The gates are locked, for one. The guards won't let you in. And the Secret Service has orders to shoot first and ask questions later. But what if the president looks out his window on Pennsylvania Avenue and sees you? What if he gives the command and his security detail escorts you right into the Oval Office? And what if the president attentively listens and makes all the changes that you have asked for? Certainly that would be too good to be true, right? With the President of the United States, yes, certainly. But with the King of the Universe, you have a friend in high places. Today is Maundy Thursday, and in our sermon series on the book of Exodus, we have now come to Exodus chapter 24. We begin with these words in verse 1. Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Worship from afar. Don't get too close. Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel don't have access. There are far too many barriers between them and the Lord. Yahweh, the Lord, is infinite, holy, eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, and only God. Yahweh is in a league of his own. Sure, Yahweh has descended upon Mount Sinai in a cloud and in glory, but Israel's leaders must still worship from afar. But why? The Bible says that we are born dead in our transgressions and sins. The Bible says that by nature we are enemies of God. The Bible says that we are fading leaves, empty cisterns and flowers quickly fading. The Bible says that we are rebels and prodigals, prone to wander, hard-hearted, selfish, and lost in sin. Verse 2 from Exodus 24 says this, Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Why does Moses get to come near? Well, Moses gets to come near because Moses is the mediator, the go-between between God and the people of Israel. Moses is going to bridge the gap between Israel's leaders and God. How so? Moses took the blood, it says, and threw it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Blood is how the Israelites get out of Egypt. The Passover lamb is slain, and his blood is splattered on the door frames of the houses. The angel of death passes over Israelite homes, but passes through the houses of the Egyptians and strikes down every firstborn in Egypt. Blood is how the Israelites get out of Egypt. Blood is how Israelites gain access to God. Blood is all we need. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heavens for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel, they saw God and ate and drank, according to verses 9 through 11. These Israelites not only see the God of Israel, they actually eat and drink in his presence. Now that's access. And this is God's gift to you. Blood is how we get out of Egypt. 
Egypt, our house of guilt, remorse, darkness, and death. Blood is also how we gain access to God. Blood is all we need. Whose blood? Christ's blood. Calvary is not a sudden tragedy. Christ's execution isn't God's knee-jerk reaction to a world spinning out of control. No. Revelation 13, verse 8 says that the Lamb was slain from the creation of the world. Before the world was made, the Father planned for His Son's blood to be shed. On Good Friday, the Jews wanted Barabbas. Herod wanted a show, Pilate wanted out, and Caiaphas wanted death. The soldiers just wanted to have some fun, and the executioners, well, all they wanted was Jesus' blood. Their strategy was singular in purpose. Beat him within an inch of his life, and then stop. With his back, Lacerated by lashes, they shove the crossbeam on his shoulders. When he comes to Calvary, there they nail him to the wood. And there he hangs. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All is not right with the world because God is in heaven. No, all is right with the world because God is on the cross. All is right with the world because God is on the cross. Hebrews 10, verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus we have access. Access to the most holy place. Access to the throne of the Almighty God. Access to the heart of Him who rules the sun and the moon and the stars. Access to our Father who wields a full monopoly of power in heaven and on earth, all for one reason, for you and me. By the blood of Jesus, we enter God's presence with confidence, not with shaking and trembling, not with angst and fear. We enter with confidence. Now this word, confidence, appears 40 times in the New Testament. Why is that? Because the message of the New Testament is singular in purpose. By the blood of Jesus, we have unlimited access to the most holy place of the most holy God who has the most holy name. That's confidence. Confidence to live, confidence to speak, confidence when we suffer, confidence when we pray, and even confidence when we die. Unlimited access. This is God's gift to Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel. They see the God of Israel, and they eat and drink. So why should we remain on the outside all alone, feeling as though we have no access to the most powerful person in the universe? At this table, at that table, we have access to God. We see God when we eat and drink the true body and the true blood of Jesus. That's why Jesus said that this is my body. That's why Jesus said this is my blood. Unlimited access. It's God's gift in Christ at the table, and it is waiting for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We will recite together the words of our Christian faith using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. We continue with the prayer of the church. Gracious God, offering full and free forgiveness, we come in spiritual sacrifice, pain and aware of our sins and failings. Graciously wash us and clothe us with the robe of Christ's own righteousness, so that we may live eternally with our Eden's Lord and ours. Loving Father, call us to Mount Calvary. Spirit of life. Lord Jesus, Savior and Guide. Protecting Father. O Holy Spirit. Holy and merciful Lord over all. Everlasting Father, the peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated for the offering.
Please stand. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who accomplished the salvation of mankind by the tree of the cross that where death arose, their life, their life also might rise again, and that the serpent who, over, who overcame by the tree of the garden might likewise by the tree of the cross be overcome. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, and we're praising you and singing. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, for though we deserve to be left in exile, bound to sin against you in thought, word, and deed, you sent your Son to establish the new covenant in his blood. By his death, our life is secured. By his rising, he has led the way to your eternal presence. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may faithfully eat and drink our Savior's body and blood and receive the blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation that come to us in this sacrament, a foretaste of the feast to come. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. 